Welcome to another episode of Flag of Foul Sports. This is your host, Tarun. So today I'm going to be talking about the offseason trades that's been going on in the NBA. There's been a lot kind of going on this offseason, so I'm going to talk about the trades, and then I'm also going to talk about my reaction to it, what I think of it. I'm also going to talk about something that I don't think gets talked about enough, and that's the salary cap system in the NBA and my concerns with it, and I'll get onto that later. So to start off, when we're looking at the trades, I'm going to be reacting to everything this offseason. And I'm not going to include all the pick swaps because I don't really think that's significant enough, but I'll start with the actual player trades. So the first trade that we got was on August 3rd when the Cavs got Ricky Rubio from the Wolves. So the Cavs got Ricky Rubio and the Timberwolves got Tarian Prince, a 2022 second round pick and some cash considerations. I think that this isn't really that bad of a trade for any team. The Timberwolves getting rid of Ricky Rubio will let D'Lo get a little more uh, control of the offense as well as letting Anthony Edwards develop more, kind of freeing up the backcourt, more space for him. And I also think that when we don't need to really count the pick as anything because the Timberwolves haven't really showed me that they can really do anything with their picks. Something that disappointed me with the Timberwolves last season is that they were on they were on the road to getting a pretty high pick, which they would have kept because it was protected against the Warriors. But for some reason, they went on a win streak at the a pointless win streak at the end of the season, which I didn't understand why it they led to them giving up their pick to the Warriors. So I I don't know I don't think the pick matters, but I think that getting rid of Ricky Rubio definitely is a positive for Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. So after that, on August 6th, we had the Nets trade Landry Shamit to the Suns, and they got Javon Carter back in the number 29 pick, which turned out to be Dayron Sharp. So I think this isn't really that like game-breaking of a trade for both sides. Landry Shamit was good offensively, but if we're looking at the Nets, do they really need more offense? I think they're fine. I don't even think this even deserves a grade. It isn't that significant, but I think that I think that Landry Shamit, he was he was a good player, but I think they're focusing more on defense now, which when they don't really need Landry Shamit for. After that, we get to the Lowry trade. So the Lowry went to the Heat in a sign and trade with the Raptors. The Heat got Kyle Lowry, but what they gave up for it was Goran Dragic and Precious Achua. Now Precious Achua really hasn't been showing much in the NBA. Obviously, he's playing behind Bam, so he isn't getting that much minutes in the first place. But what surprised me was that they gave up Goran Dragic. I thought that it would be good to keep him, especially since when you look at the bubble season and even before they went into the bubble, Goran Dragic was the leading scorer for that team. So I was kind of surprised that they gave up their leading scorer for Kyle Lowry. Obviously, Kyle Lowry is a pretty good player, but they, I, I, I'm fine with giving up Precious Achua, but I think that the Heat must really believe in Kyle Lowry if they want to give up their leading scorer in Drogic, especially because they have Jimmy and Bam on the defense. All they need is a pretty decent scorer. That's why I was su- surprised, actually, that they didn't want to trade for James Harden back when he requested a trade because defensively, they're a pretty good team. They just need a first-option scorer, which is Harden. But anyways, that's another story. So they must really believe in Kyle Lowry. I think that I think that even that I think it's still a pretty even trade though because if you look at what what the Raptors need, Goran Dragic isn't really like what they need. They're going into rebuild mode now, I I hope because unless they believe Pascal Siakam is the future, which they might. 
But I think that uh, point guard for a point guard, that especially one as good as Gordon Drogic, is a pretty good return back for Kyle Lowry. And they may be able to actually develop Precious Atua. So I think that's a pretty equal trade, actually, overall. Now we have the Wizards trade Westbrook to the Lakers. That's August 6th. So the Lakers got Russell Westbrook and three future second-round picks, which is 2023, 2024, and 2028. The Wizards got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dinwiddie, and they got Aaron Holiday and Isaiah Todd as well as cash considerations too. And the Nets actually just got a couple picks from that, and then the Pacers and Spurs got some players that didn't seem that significant. But let's talk about Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. I was very surprised by this trade when I first saw it because there was so much news going on about how the Lakers wanted Buddy Heald, which I thought would be a really good fit for them. But I guess LeBron really wanted Russell Westbrook. Obviously, if LeBron didn't want this trade, it wasn't going through. So LeBron wanted to play with Russell Westbrook. I think that the Wizards definitely are the winners of this trade. They got Contavious Caldwell-Pope back. They got Here's the thing. They got Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is coming back off an injury, but I do think he'll still be a pretty good player. I also think that this is a hot take, but I think that Kyle Kuzma will will he will significantly improve. This is kind of what's happened to everyone on the Lakers. He looked like Julius Randle, D'Angelo Russell, once Brandon Ingram. I think that Kyle Kuzma may be a candidate for most improved player. I think he'll he'll play pretty good alongside Bradley Beal. So I think the Wizards getting rid of Westbrook's massive contract is definitely a W for them. I think that they definitely won this trade. And the Lakers, again, I don't understand it. The main problem of the Lakers is their shooting. And they lost, say they lost Caruso. And KCP was one of their best shooters, so they lost him. So right now, the best shooter on their team is LeBron, which he's not one of like the best shooters in the league. So that's why I thought Buddy Heald would be the perfect fit for them. Because Buddy Heald will let LeBron run the offense and he'll be able to stretch the floor out. But they got Russell Westbrook. There's two problems with Russell Westbrook for their team. The first problem is that Russell Westbrook doesn't shoot. The Lakers should know this because when they played the Rockets in the bubble, they were sagging off pretty far on Westbrook. They were leaving him at the three-point line and standing down by like the free throw line. So they understand that he's not a shooter and they were letting him shoot it. So they thought that the pro I don't know what LeBron was thinking, obviously, but they thought that maybe somehow it can work. Now, the second problem with Russell Westbrook is he's very ball dominant. The Lakers already have LeBron, who is a very ball dominant player, and AD, who he doesn't need the ball that much, but he does like to like get down on the block and um, post up like that. So... It's going to be very hard now that they're going to have, now LeBron's going to have to manage and make sure Westbrook and AD are happy. So Russell Westbrook is definitely going to be taking some ball handling duties from LeBron. So that's, that's not exactly the best fit either because it's not letting LeBron be LeBron. He's going to have to learn more to play off the ball and shoot, which LeBron's usually with the ball. So obviously LeBron somehow thinks this will work, so we'll see in the regular season. But I think the Wizards definitely won this trade. I, I don't know why the Lakers did that. Now the next trade we get is when the Pelicans acquired Valanchunas and Devontae Graham in a three-team deal. 
So the Pelicans got Devontae Graham, Valanciunas, the number 17 pick, and the number 51 pick. The Grizzlies got Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, the number 10 pick, and the number 40 pick. And then they got a first-round pick from in 2022. And then the Hornets got some a couple players and some cash considerations. But I think when you're looking at this trade, I like I like what the Grizzlies got back in return, actually. So they did the Pelicans did get Devontae Graham and Valanchunas, but Valanchunas is just a downgrade to Steven Adams. I feel like I feel like Steven Adams is a better overall center than Valanchunas. I do like the Devontae Graham part though, because Devontae Graham has been developing pretty well. So I think that's good for the Pelicans to get. Especially when since they don't really have a devoted ball handler, they have Zion running points sometimes. So I think Devontae Graham will actually be a pretty good fit on the Pelicans. I also see that the Grizzlies got Eric Bledsoe. Now Eric Bledsoe, I don't I'm I'm not sure why, but I, I obviously know now why they did it is because they were gonna flip him over to the Clippers, but I think what they got him. I actually think I think the Grizzlies won the trade, but by a little bit. I think that it's. I think that the Pelicans getting Devontae Graham is is good for them, but I still think the core of Stephen Adams for Valanciunas is an L for the Pelicans. So I still I think that's a good trade for the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies have been making some moves this offseason. Then here's something else that confused me on August seventh. The Warriors sent Eric Pascal to the Jazz for a 2026 second round pick. So I thought I'm what I'm thinking is they did that to free up roster space because I have no idea why they would just drop him for an insignificant pick in five years. But they haven't done anything. I was maybe thinking they're making space for Ben Simmons, but obviously the Sixers are being pretty hard with that. But that's another story. So I I was really confused by that. I do think this kind of shows that the clip the Warriors want to make some moves, but maybe they haven't had the opportunity or they're waiting for the trade deadline and freeing up space. I'm not sure why, but hopefully we find out in the future. Also, Eric Pascal is friends with Donovan Mitchell, so they already have some chemistry on the team when he gets there. So I think that's definitely good for Eric Pascal to be playing with donovan mitchell and the jazz as a whole that that's i mean they got him for basically nothing i don't see a problem with that for the jazz now the next trade was on august 7th was when the grizzlies traded grayson allen to the bucks so they traded it the bucks got grayson allen and some cash consideration and they gave up sam merrill and two future second round picks so i think that when we're looking at this trade the Bucks did lose P.J. Tucker, who was just someone they could count on defensively. I think maybe they're trying to replace him with Grayson Allen or something. I'm not exactly sure. But Grayson Allen does bring a, a, bit, a bit of shooting to their team, too. It's not that big of a deal. It's a pretty equal team, uh, trade for both sides. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, the next trade is the King when the Kings acquired Tristan Thompson also on August 7th. So the Kings got Tristan Thompson. The Celtics have got Chris Dunn and Bruno Fernando. They also got a 2023 second-round pick. And the Hawks got Delon Wright. So I think that the Celtics... The Celtics kind of lost that trade. They need a rim protector. And then now they need a point guard because Kemba didn't work out, but... 
I don't know, Bruno Fernando, he got signed by the Rockets and they gave him no playing time. So, like, he was they, – they called him the Brazilian KD, but he is was injured, so I haven't really seen anything from him yet. Maybe the Celtics believe they can develop him, but they didn't develop Taco. Now, that's my problem. They had Taco, and their problem was rim protection, and they just refused to play him. They couldn't even give him garbage time. They'd let him play, like – one minute every three games. So I just don't understand that, especially when you need rim protection and you have a seven foot six player, the ultimate rim protector. I just don't know about that. But I think that the Kings getting Tristan Thompson, it'll help them, but I still don't think they'll be a playoff team or even a play-in team. So I think that's also a pretty balanced trade if the Celtics actually do play Bruno Fernando. So yeah. Now the next trade is... Doug McDermott, McDermott to San Antonio. So the Spurs got Doug McDermott and a couple picks, and the Pacers got a 2023 second-round pick. So they basically gave him up for free. I don't think he's like that significant of a player where he will completely change the Spurs environment. So I'm going to leave it at that. Now this trade is the Lonzo Ball trade. This was August 9th. The Bulls got Lonzo Ball. So they get, got Lonzo Ball. And the Pelicans got Garrett Temple, Thomas Sadoransky, a 2024 second-round pick, and cash considerations. The Bulls definitely won this trade. I think Lonzo, especially over the last year, has improved a lot. His shooting has been pretty good, and his form, even his shooting form, looks pretty good than before when he would like bring it to the other side of his head. But Sadoransky and Garrett Temple... I don't see them as having the potential as Lonzo does. Lonzo does have the potential, I think, to win like most improved player, maybe even an all-star appearance down the line. But I think Lonzo Ball for the Bulls, that's definitely a very good trade for the Bulls. I think the Bulls definitely won this. Now, I know it was a sign-in trade, so they did get a bit of a benefit there. But Lonzo Ball to the Bulls, that's definitely a good trade for them. Bulls won that trade. Now, two days later, on August 11th, the Bulls got DeRozan in a sign-in trade. So the Bulls got DeRozan, and the Spurs got Alfarik Aminu, Thaddeus Young, and three picks. So this was also a sign-in trade, but yeah, the Bulls, I think this is good for the Bulls. Uh, they gave they got him for, Thaddeus Young wasn't really performing that well or li- living up to the expectations. And I'm fine with giving up Alfarik Aminu, so... I think that's also a good good trade for the Bulls, maybe an eighth or ninth seed. That I think they'll be a, a playing team, but they're real, they've been making some some pretty good moves this offseason, and I like them adding DeRozan. His shooting won't really be a liability because they do have like Zach Levine. Even Lonzo's a pretty decent shooter, so I think DeRozan can get to work slashing. Now on August sixteenth, we got the. Pat, we got the uh, Patrick Beverly trade. So the Clippers got Eric Bledsoe, and the Grizzlies got Patrick Beverly, Rondo, and Daniel Oturo. So the I feel like the Clippers did lose this trade, but I know why they gave up Rondo. So if you look at the in in the bubble when Kawhi shot that game winner, kind of fade from three, and he airballed. I'm trying to remember which team that's against. I'm not sure exactly, but he did. He missed it. He airballed it. And Rondo got up in his face on national TV. And you could see him mad yelling at Kawhi. I think that Kawhi didn't like 
didn't like Rondo kind of embarrassing him in front of everyone. So I think Kawhi was definitely like, let's make a move. Let's move. Let's get Rondo. Let's get Rondo out of here. And then the Clippers. So the Clippers got Eric Bledsoe. So yes, they're gonna be they're gonna have a, they're gonna be a really good defensive team. But I liked Patrick Beverly on the Clippers, even though he may not be as good as Eric Bledsoe. I like what he like represented to the team. But I think that that's a that's a fine trade for the Clippers, considering that their chemistry would be gone if they kept Rondo. Now here's a big problem for the Clippers, and that's they don't have a team leader. The first day Rondo joined the Clippers, Paul George publicly declared that Rondo's a leader. It's his team. So with Rondo gone, who's going to be leading this team? It's definitely not going to be Kawhi, and I doubt it's going to be Paul George. So that's going to have to be something we monitor next season as as they start playing their games because Rondo was their team leader for even the short duration he was there. So we're going to have to see how that how that really affects the team. And as Rondo as a leader, I don't have a problem with him kind of yelling at Kawhi because what Kawhi did kind of take a bad shot. Yes, there was less time, but as since Rondo is the leader, he does have to hold everyone accountable. So I don't have a problem with that. They kicked him off. They, they picked him up to be a leader and then they kicked him off for being a leader. So that, yeah, I think that Eric Bledsoe will help them, but I, I like the Grizzlies on that trade. The next trade we have is the Knicks adding Evan Fournier in a sign and trade with the Celtics. So the Knicks got him and two picks and the Celtics got cash considerations. They were going to lose him anyways, and he wasn't as good as he could have been that season. So I, I'm, I think that's a pretty, I think that's a fine trade for both teams. Now the Wolves got Patrick Beverly from the Grizzlies on August 25th. I like this trade for the Timberwolves. They gave up Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Jarrett Culver, he, uh, he is one of the worst picks the Timberwolves have taken. They got, they took him at number 13, I believe somewhere around there. And he shot below 40% from the free throw line for two consecutive seasons. So he really hasn't developed. They were hoping maybe he would do something in his third season, but he hasn't really developed like that. And I feel like they're gonna they want to spend more time developing in in Anthony Edwards, anyways. So I think that's a really good trade for the Timberwolves because Derek Culver was kind of holding him back. So getting Patrick Beverly, obviously a Juancho and Hernan Gomez, he's a big. They have Carl Anthony Towns, so I don't really think it's that big of a big of a loss for the Timberwolves. I like that trade for them. I I don't know. I think the Grizzlies. This is the first trade the Grizzlies lost. I'm not sure why they why, – I mean, obviously they didn't want to keep Patrick Beverly, which is fine. So it's not that bad of a trade for him, but I think the Timberwolves slightly won. Obviously, this trade isn't a make or break for any team either. Now, on August 28th, the Cavs got Laurie Markkinen from the Bulls, and the the Bulls got Derek Jones in two picks. So I think that the Cavs are kind of gambling. Okay, I don't understand this about the Cavs. They have so many bigs, and they took another big. So I don't know. I I don't know why they kind of wanted him. I think Derek Jones Jr. was fine, but maybe they see some potential in Laurie Markkinen and think they can develop him differently there. So I think it. I think right now. Player to player wise, I think that it's a pretty equal trade, but by fit, I don't think the Cavs even need Laurie Markinen, especially now that they 
They also got Jared Allen from the Nets as well. Oh, also, they gave up Larry Nance to the Blazers, so maybe they're switching Larry Nance for Laurie Markkinen, but I, I don't know why. Well, we'll have to see next season how they rotate their bigs. Now, on September 4th, which is the day I'm recording this, the Nets traded DeAndre Jordan to the Pistons. So the Nets got Jalil Okafor and Seiko Dumbaya. The Pistons got DeAndre Jordan, and they got four picks and some cash considerations. I think the Nets definitely won this trade. DeAndre Jordan was getting no playing time, and they need they still need a big. I think the, the key point of this is Dumbaya. I think that he, he does have the potential to develop, and anyone who plays with a guard like Kyrie or Harden, any big that plays with them automatically looks good. So I think that if he doesn't live up to his potential or at least part of his potential and develop properly playing with Harden who relies on a big as well and Kyrie who uses screens every once in a while I think that there there is no hope for him but I like this for the Nets because DeAndre Jordan is isn't he's not getting any better while these guys are both pretty young and have the potential to get better better so I think that the Nets did win this trade yeah they definitely won this trade so they can have a big a developing big through the Harden, KD, Kyrie era because KD already signed his contract extension and I'm pretty sure Kyrie and Harden are going to follow soon. So now here's the, the next news is that DeAndre Jordan's rumored to sign the Lakers on a minimum. I have no clue why the Lakers want him, especially when they signed uh, Dwight Howard. They have Dwight Howard and AD. So I don't really know why they need him. Maybe they want him to play like the JaVale minutes from the bubble, like where he plays, where he comes in at the end or comes in to rest, the rest of the starters, like AD. But I'm not exactly sure why they're that desperate for DeAndre Jordan. But it's nice that DeAndre Jordan is not done yet. And I like this trade for the Nets. I think overall the best trade that – I've seen is the Wizards. The Wizards losing Westbrook's enormous contract and getting back some young talent in return is definitely the best in this, the best trade this offseason. Now I'm going to talk about the salary cap. When we're looking at these offseason trading, the big players are all such as Russell Westbrook. It's all the Lakers or the Nets. The Nets, oh, the Nets did sign Paul Millsap as well. But if we look at it, what teams have the are always a, a good team, a very good team. You have the two big markets, L.A. and New York. Obviously, the New York Knicks are different because James Dolan's leadership is so bad that they don't even want to come to New York to play for him. So that's different. But now you can see L.A., the Lakers have always been a dynasty for a long, long time, like back since they had Kareem and back even then Jerry West before and their era is still going on now. They got LeBron and AD, definitely uh, a team that will that has a good chance at making it to the championship out the West. So the problem for this is the salary cap. These bigger market teams, it, the way the salary cap works in the NBA is that it's by a percentage. So obviously the percentage of a big market team is going to be more than of a small market team. So I think that when you're looking at salary cap, it gives a big advantage to the big market teams. 
teams like the Kings or the Timberwolves, it's going to be hard for them to really get any talent through a, through a free agency other than drafts. Drafts are the only way they can get big. Like Timberwolves, they got Kevin Garnett through the grad, through the drafts. Other than that, they would have nothing. Carl Anthony Towns through the draft. Now, it is possible for some of these small market teams to become big, but it's very hard. Like we saw the, the Warriors. The Warriors weren't – the Warriors did have their wilt era, but after that they, they got pretty small. But they had someone like Steph – just just like boost up the entire franchise but not every team is going to have a Steph like Steph a player like Steph only comes who can change a franchise like that only come like once every 10 years so I think there definitely has to be a change to the to the salary cap system it's giving way too much of a boost to these teams you can see the fact that the Nets are able to get Kyrie, KD, and Harden on the same team and on top of that sign Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, all that on one team, it, it, it just doesn't make it fair for the others because of the salary cap. Now you can look at the other side on the Lakers. The Lakers do have – they have LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's on a massive contract, but they're still able to afford him. And then on top of that, they got Trevor Ariza. They picked up Dwight Howard. They got they're gonna pick up DeAndre Jordan. So they they definitely have the cap to to sustain all these players. And even at the Clippers, the Clippers do have Paul George Kawhi. Then they they had they did have Patrick Beverly and Rondo, which is they lost him now, but it's proof that they're attracting people to their teams because of the fact that they're in, in LA. Like Kawhi, Kawhi, he joined LA mainly because his family's there. But LA is a big market. That's why LeBron LeBron joined LA because of Hollywood. So you can really see that. And oh, before LeBron joined, he was gonna join the Knicks, but then his there's like there's a story where his wife didn't want to go to New York. So his two options were New York and LA. So you can see how big of a deal the salary cap can really affect these teams, especially since in the NBA, it's such a the media makes it such a big deal if you don't win without a ring. So all these players want to end up with the ring, which is also why, like, the super teams form. So they all form in the big market in the big markets because they can actually afford to keep all three players. So it gives it gives them an unfair advantage. So I think that that's, that system, it, I don't know how the N, or if the NBA is even going to address that, but that definitely needs to change. All these small market teams, they have to rely on the draft. It's going to be so hard for them to – really get a star like do you do you think LeBron considered the Timberwolves or the Pistons or any team like that definitely not I think that the salary cap system definitely has to change the percentage the system they have right now is just not working which we can we can definitely see so thanks for listening to another flag or foul sports podcast and if you want to check out our YouTube that would be great it's under the same name flag or foul sports and you can Maybe you can blow the whistle on us if we said anything wrong over there. Or just talk about your opinions under there in the comments section. And we will have the TikTok up and running soon if you want to go check that out. So, yep.